Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. Hey everyone, today I'm so excited to sit down and chat with my next guest, Annika. Annika is all about adventure. In fact, her Instagram handle is born to be adventurous. And if you've been around for a while, you know I love a good adventure. After Annika had her first daughter, everything felt really hard. Annika went from a high-level athlete to teacher to stay-at-home mom. She didn't know at the time, but looking back, she realized she had postpartum anxiety. She actually started Born to be Adventurous as an outlet for herself while navigating motherhood. Fast forward a few years and a second child was added to the mix. Annika's family's motto is, adventuring doesn't end when you have children, it's only the beginning. Sometimes when we have kids, we think that our lives come to a complete halt or we place these limiting limitations on what is possible. Annika is passionate about encouraging families to go on adventures, big or small. And when her girls were only six and eight, as a family, they all hiked the West Coast Trail, one of the hardest trails in Canada. And to put this into perspective, this is a hike where 80 to 100 people are evacuated by air or sea each year in the short hiking season from May to September. Annika and her family not only soak up all of the summer adventures, they get outside every season, rain, shine, or snow. Annika, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chatting with you. Yay. I can't wait to dive in. Okay. So let's go back to your childhood. I want to know when does this adventurous spirit come alive in you? Like, what was it like growing up for you? Uh, You know, I think I just always was, you know, my family, they're more artsy and, you know, my brother and my sister were very into the arts, but for some reason I was the one that wanted to play sports. I was really excited when I could finally play rugby and start, you know, tackling people and running to score tries. I really wanted to go on the backcountry trips. And when I could finally kind of figure out how to go do it, I went and just did it. So I think there's just like this inner pull inside of my being. It doesn't make sense. It's not the way, I mean, my parents were always very encouraging of it, but it wasn't necessarily that they brought me on all these, you know, things and said, you need to do this. They said, okay, you want to do it? We'll try to help you do it. (laughs) Crazy. Okay. So your family didn't do the adventures kind of like you and your family did. Where did you find, um, I guess the group or community as growing up as a kid to get involved in some of the the adventuring or the outdoors? Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say that they didn't adventure. I guess, I mean, so I guess they didn't do as, you know, as grand adventures as I do now, but I guess I should, if I am really going to think about it, they would take us camping every year. Um, We did go on hikes, like we go do grassy lakes in Banff National Park and we would go explore. And they actually took me camping when I was six weeks old. So I guess they, they did. It was just, I'm now, I think maybe I did that and now I've kind of taken it to the next level. <laughs> okay. So it was kind of like a mild way to get into the outdoors. And once you kind of felt that pull in you, you wanted to, as you grew up, get more. I mean, rugby is a pretty intense 
sport. My brother plays rugby. And when I go to, when I went to some of the matches, like that's, I guess, more high intensity than, I don't know what other sport can you like soccer, maybe even soccer, it's completely different level. So is that something that you are always pulled to like the, um, the risk maybe of it, it kind of sounds a little bit like, like the bigger. Yeah. It definitely could be the risk. I maybe think I have a problem. Maybe it's the adrenaline too. (laughs) I don't know. I've tried, I've been trying to analyze that in myself. Like why do I enjoy that so much? I know that like in rugby, I really liked it because you would just go and you play your heart out. Everyone was so, you know, friendly after from both sides of the team, which I loved, but also like, there's something about like, you know, you're having a tough time and you just go and like run or you go and hit someone (laughs) and you're allowed to do it. That sounds really gruesome, but it's, it was just like a really great outlet. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. So you played rugby growing up. Were there any other sports that you, um, played each year as a child? Yeah. So I started off with softball like basketball so I played that when I was younger um and then I did a basketball I really loved basketball and I played that in high school and I played volleyball as well um one year I did have a concussion so I couldn't do many sports and so that year I actually was in a play so that was kind of fun (laughs) (laughs) it's completely random but I do like the art side and I I really appreciate that my parents did push that and got me to go. I, my mom's a piano teacher. And so I played piano as well. And I actually really enjoyed it. So our kids are doing piano now too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Like such a mix of, yeah, the arts and the outdoors. Um, so then you grew up and you, did you continue your rugby or any of the other sports into adulthood? Yeah, so I played rugby in university at the University of Alberta, Um, and then I even played on the University Canada team, and we went and played in Spain and in Portugal, so that was the sevens rugby team, which was really fun. We actually ended up getting silver. Unfortunately, we lost by one try to Spain, but it was super, super epic and fun and and an incredible experience to play at that level, and then I ended up getting married. We traveled a lot around the world and then we had kids (laughs) and it went kind of from doing all these sports very heavily, occasionally doing, you know, a backcountry trip or going hiking. And then all of a sudden, you know, getting married, being a full-time teacher and moving away to Vancouver and kind of flipping the lives around. So it was, it was, it was an interesting, like it was a hard transition, a good transition, but it wasn't always easy. (laughs) Okay. So first let's go to, you went into teaching. What was your pull there? I think, you know, I actually wanted to be a teacher since I was probably six years old. Um, I would line up these little animals and I'd read my books to them. Um, (laughs) And then I did, you know, I started to teach at our church school and then I would teach at camp. I would run camps. And then I was the leader at the University of Alberta camps where I would actually run all the camps there. Um, And then I started teaching. So it's kind of followed me for a long time. Um, And that was kind of my pull is that I, I do really enjoy it. I actually don't teach as much anymore. I do some other things, but that's kind of been something that I did for so long was I I actually really loved it. Well, and how awesome that in teaching you get the summers, so then you can do some of this adventuring 
that totally exactly and is there something really incredible so I did phys ed and I did French those were my specialties and it was so incredible you know I started a all-women's fitness group at this high school that I taught at and just to see that transform women who you know girls who struggle to even be active to all of a sudden come while I'm correcting some French exams and say, Mrs. Mang, you know, you inspired us. We've now started our own little running club. And these were girls that really struggled to, you know, be active. And now that kind of seeing that just showed me when you take the time to inspire someone, take the time to teach them how, and also teach them that they can do it. Just the incredible, um, things that can happen and transform in people. And I think that's where it comes to now with what I'm doing now is, is that same thing. It's I just want everyone to feel like they can be empowered to get out and do stuff with their kids, whether it's a small adventure, that's still a great adventure, or if it's a larger adventure. Um, those are the things that just kind of push me to do what I'm doing. And I think it comes back to helping those kids get out and do stuff and just realize that power. Even from, sorry, I'm going to just say one last thing. Even from teaching girls to throw like a lot of high school girls that are in grade 9 10 11 do not know how to throw a ball properly and no one's ever taken the time to teach them and that seems like a small skill but learning how to properly do movements can help you in your speaking can help you in your movements can help you feel more confident and so we would just take time to break down the skill to show them how to do opposite arm opposite leg like all those little things and that would just empower them in an incredible way so uh, anyways, I when I talk about it, I'm like, oh, I miss teaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can see how fired you up you are, and it's it kind of sounds like you created like a little community because you said you had like the all girls that you get together with, and that's kind of what you're doing now is community. And when you have community of safe space to, you know, be vulnerable and show up. I mean, I am a teacher also. Um, I recently resigned, but still I'm in subbing, but. I am in the, with a grade seven and eight gym class. And there are a lot of, yeah, maybe you say like the confidence, there's lots of girls in the classes who have the potential. And if they would, I don't know, maybe feel that sense of community or safety or, and develop some of those skills, maybe in a, in a different space then they might, like you said, feel more confident and it can help transform your life in so many other ways, breaking the skills down and having a place for it to then like thrive and grow. And then, you know, I, I remember as a kid, I missed out on so many opportunities because I was not very confident and very, um, what's the word insecure in in gym class and stuff. And I definitely had the potential, but I wouldn't, wouldn't reach my potential. So having that community that you kind of created and you've created a community now for people who love adventuring. And so they can kind of look up to you because it is intimidating, right? Like from throwing a ball to like going on a little adventures with your kids can be really, really intimidating. So if you have that, that space, then, I mean, it just, like you said, you can be inspired to be able to do some of the things too. So that's so cool that you're doing that. Yeah, I think it really is. It's about creating spaces where people don't have to look perfect, don't have to be perfect. So like whether it's 
throwing a ball. It's like, you're going to look goofy because you don't know how to do it. And that's okay. Cause we are learning. Um, same within French class, you're going to say it wrong a whole bunch of times and then eventually you will get it. But if you don't practice those things, you'll never get it. And same with parenthood. It's like, you're going to go and your kids are probably going to have a tantrum on the trail and other people might see your kids crying, but it doesn't matter. They would do that at home too. And so we just need to be okay and say, this is actually okay. And this is actually fine. And the more you do it, the more you'll be comfortable with it. And the more you'll also embrace it and feel like, and be able to do it easier. Right. Yes. I love that you bring that up too. It's like, that's normal for your kid to have a tantrum on the trail. It's not like it's got to look perfect and be perfect and be the like perfect, everything going perfectly on the trip. It's like all the things that just add to it, that make it like this memorable adventure, making it through as you're hauling your, your child, like, you know, the last, how many kilometers of the trail. Okay. So I want to go, you just said you had this massive transition. So you moved to Vancouver, you got married. I want to know a little bit about your husband too. Um, Cause I know he's, he's into adventure as well. Um, and he's pretty athletic. So where did you guys meet? Were you guys at the same level or were one of one of you like pushing the other to kind of step it up a little bit? We met in university. So we both were taking a basketball class <laughs> at university. We were in the phys ed program. So you have your, you know, more hard kind of classes and then you have your other, actually sometimes the activity classes can be hard because they would grade you on how good you were. Um, so we were in basketball class. Um, so that was really fun. And we had similar friends and, but the one thing is we both love sports. And so we both love basketball. So our first date in, in university was going to go and get, um, going to play basketball at the YMCA. Then we got Slurpees with the ice cream on top. And then we played um, Sega Genesis. And I creamed him with, at, um, oh, that fighting game. I can't remember the name of it, but I creamed him at that. So that felt really good. Um, (laughs) um, but yeah we have always kind of been kind of similar levels I mean we both fight over who actually won those basketball games Um, I mean he's athletic he's definitely athletic Um, but in terms of the outdoor adventures we kind of both learned together and I think he was just happy to have a friend that also enjoyed doing it and because he didn't really have any guy friends that liked to do that and I didn't necessarily have a lot of girlfriends that were going to go do it. And so we kind of were paired together and started to learn together. And that was really fun to be able to do that. And he's the kind of guy, like he, he's more patient with our kids than I am often. <laughs> I'm getting better. He's, you know, that more kind of gentle spirit and very um, just always, I mean, we get very competitive with each other, but he's always thought that. I've never felt as a woman that he would think of me less. Like he would try really hard because he would want to beat me at basketball or he'd really, you know, it was always a matter of you can, you're strong Annika and you can just do it. And he never said that. I never felt belittled or anything. I don't know. It just, it was a really good feeling. And I, I actually credit a couple of uh, women that he was in high school with and junior high. Cause I think, because of those women, he's, um, and just friends that he had, he just never saw women as different than men kind of in that way. So it's been, it's really good. Okay. So you guys went on your first basketball date to then learning, adventuring together, getting out backpacking. And then, so you moved to Vancouver 
And then why, why did you, what brought you to Vancouver? And then how shortly after did you have your first daughter? Yeah. So we got married when we were just after I finished school. So we were 24 and then we moved to Vancouver shortly after. So my husband could do his PhD. Um, and I also kind of wanted to go there because I knew that the ocean was nearby and the mountains were nearby and Whistler had been on my list as a place to snowboard for many, many years. Um, I taught full time for a couple of years and then we had our first daughter. Um, and so it was a good time for us, but it also, you know, I didn't realize that when you have, I mean, I, I, you know, most people, they say, oh, your adventures are going to stop and you have kids. And I was kind of, I didn't like have a lot of people say that to me. I had some people say, but I just always thought, oh, I'm going to bring my kids camping. Like my parents brought the camping. And so I did do a lot of that stuff with our daughter, but I think I didn't realize just how much it changes your body, how much it affects you, how much it changes you as a woman, um, whether you, I think I fought it with my first, not wanting to change who I was. And then with my second, I was, I had already accepted the change and I actually enjoyed it after I had my second a little bit more because I actually just embraced who, what, who I needed to be at that time. And yeah, that Kind of okay. makes sense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This like brings me back to like when I first had my little guy too, it was like, I, I was the same way. I was like, we're, you know, we took him to California when he was two and a half months and got him a passport. I flew to New York with him when he was 10 months. Cause I was on mat leave. Um, we took him up to Mount Robson in our Bobby stroller up to Kinney Lake. Like we still adventured and we weren't like, it wasn't to a halt. We're like, we're doing this anyways. But like you said, like the woman, like your hormones are different. Your body's different. The way that you lived before is like, you're a mom 24 seven. And sometimes I know, as I said in the intro that you had postpartum anxiety and I also did too, but I didn't even I didn't know that was a thing. I heard of postpartum depression and I knew I wasn't depressed at all, but I didn't even know that postpartum anxiety was even like a term or something. So yeah, looking back, I'm like, what, what the heck is this like breathing thing? And like, what is going on? And, um, so our everything like changes overnight and then part of who we are it just naturally changes when we add children to the mix. So like, what was that like for you? Yeah, I think so. When I had my daughter, um, it was, yeah, it's so funny because I actually didn't realize I had that like, or looking back, thinking that I had postpartum anxiety um, I only realized that after I had my second, because the way I felt was so different. Um, I think it was that, you know, she cried quite a lot. Um, I think she had reflux. And anytime I would drive her somewhere, it would be screaming literally for 30 minutes. And like, as a new mom and just feeling like, what am I doing wrong? You know, and then getting somewhere and I would just be so like, anxious and like this is like and I couldn't even describe it I'd be meeting friends but I'd be like feel like a mess inside <laughs> um so that was really hard and the, and because she cried it helped a lot actually to go for walks because I always tell this people I'm like 
crying is way quieter when you're outside than when you're inside. And so it actually is just, just kind of opens the world to you. Um, we also didn't have family nearby because we lived in Vancouver. And so I just felt alone a lot. I did make like a good community, which was amazing, but I still felt alone. And my husband was doing his PhD and while he was around like a lot, he still had to study a lot. So it'd be, you know, the kids there, he's maybe with the baby sometimes, but then after the, when the baby's sleeping, he's studying. And so I just felt alone quite often, um, and trying to do things and trying to manage it all. And then I also think I put this pressure on myself because I do, I'm so active and I love to do things. I think I put pressure that I wanted to still be able to do those things. And so, you know, we wanted to do a hard hike and we wanted to challenge ourselves and we did, you know, our backcountry trips. And while that stuff was all really great um, and I'm happy we did them, but it's, it was, I think I could have just taken a breath you know, instead and said, okay, like with my second, I mean, we still took her camping at three weeks old, but it was really tame. And I just like sat there while everyone else did everything. (laughs) But like, or even just like after she was born, I stayed, we had her at home and I just stayed at home for like a week. But like with my first, it was like, you know, the next day or I was like walking down to our um, community garden to check it out for fun because I felt like that's what I had to do to show that I was strong and that I was a strong mom. And I didn't realize that I could have just stayed and cuddled my baby in my house for like a week if I wanted to and not have done anything. And that's okay. I don't know if that is like the difference is like, I just, I kind of, and it's not even that I toned down our adventures with our second because we still did a lot of stuff. Um, But I think I gave myself the grace to, if I didn't want to do something, I just didn't do it. If I wanted to do it, I did. Whereas with my first, I think I felt the pressure from nobody else but myself to try to be who I was before and be like, no, I can still do this. I can still do that. Um, So would I change it? I don't think so, but I would have maybe given myself a little bit more grace. Um, On the flip side, she did cry a lot and that was really hard. So I don't know if that could have been different. And I think I maybe struggled a little bit with breastfeeding and with no one around to help me. Um, I still breastfed her a lot, but I think she would sometimes need to breastfeed for 45 minutes. And that was really hard because she just wasn't able to get the milk that she needed. Whereas my second could like, she breastfed so well and would eat everything she needed in five minutes. And that alone, like it's, (laughs) I don't, so I don't know what contributed to it, but I think there's all these little things that yeah you just don't know and uh yeah and then it is just a big difference like having to all of a sudden sit down and breastfeed for 45 minutes when you used to do other things with that time (laughs) yes okay I have a question for you so now I'm curious because there's like that side of you I feel like sometimes moms we I don't know for me lost like that piece that was just me because I was 24 seven, especially as my son was like little where I didn't get to do things just solo or for myself. And I know that you guys do a lot of um, family adventures and with your kids, do you still um, plan solo adventures where you just to get, get that escape or go on like a hike just for yourself or just for you and your husband? Or is it now kind of like all of you have created a way to get out together? 
Oh, that's a good question. So I think earlier on, I would try to get out and find ways to do little adventures for myself. Um, and so I planned, you know, I did a surf trip with my sister and my like best friend. Um, I've done, you know, little camping trips and that kind of thing. Since COVID, I feel like things have just kind of shot down. But just kind of as I kind of said before, I really did feel like I lost who I was. I didn't even know who I was. And it's I almost need to rediscover who I was. And it's only in the last kind of eight months where I've started to feel like I'm starting to get to know who I am again. I'm starting to get confident again. I lost a lot of my confidence after having kids because I think it just was all about them. And so with this project, even that I launched our app called Trail Collective, which is a hiking app for families, it took me a long time within the process to feel confident that I could do something like this again, because I think motherhood kind of stripped away my confidence. <laughs> that sounds so bad, <laughs> but I, it's one of those things where I think I am now just starting to say and believe and be like, I can do things. I can do things for myself. I can be, you know, a successful entrepreneur. I can follow my dreams that are separate from my family's and I can do these things. Um, but it's taken me like my daughter's eight. <laughs> She's turning nine those years. So it's like what taken me seven or eight years to start to feel like a own human again. I love my family and I love being with them, but I want to be myself with my family. And I feel like this year I'm starting to feel that again. It's been kind of nice, but it's taken this long. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Like that gives me full body goosebumps just hearing that. Cause I feel like so many of us are in that same space, you know, once you have kids or maybe even not just like getting back to like, who are you? So like, what was that process? Like, what are some things that maybe somebody else who is feeling that way, like a little lost, or maybe they've, they were once confident and now they're not like, what kind of tools or strategies did you do to actually like come back to yourself? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. I think for me, I started to have to, this sounds really silly, but I started to have to act like I had it and like I did. And I had to say, stop saying, like work around the language that I was saying about myself and how I was describing myself. So even with my platform, Born Be Adventurous, I didn't tell people that this is what I, I do this full time. And I do this full time with Trail Collective. I substitute teach I've maybe done it twice in the last year. So I don't even teach really anymore. And so when people ask me though, they would ask me, so what do you do for a living? I'd say, oh, I'm a teacher. But that's like not true. It's because I didn't have the confidence to fully embody what I actually do now. And so that's one thing is like starting to say what I actually do and being proud of it and saying, you know, this is a really cool thing that I'm doing and it's a legit job. <laughs> so that's one thing, you know, and owning it. So the language going into a room and just, even if I didn't feel confident acting like I had confidence. So I think that's where my like one sin of acting came in. It's like, pretend you are who you want to be. So that's what I would do. <laughs> um, and then I think just, you know, taking that time away from the kids and having some time, whether it's going for a workout, I've done a few stints where I 
I'm doing content creation without the kids. And that's been really nice because I can just go and be who I am within a setting. So I'm starting to do some more things like that by myself, going to some conferences and being like, okay, I'm a person who goes to conferences. (laughs) Sounds really silly, but it's, you know, just being like, I'm not just at home. And which I think the other thing that drives me crazy is like, being a mom that's at home with their kids just is not valued. And I think that is the most valuable job that you could have is raising your kids. And I just wish that our society valued that more so that if we said, I'm a stay-at-home parent, people would say, wow, that's the best job ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's a side <laughs> Yes, I love that. I love that. It's so true. The way that you speak about yourself and to yourself, words are so powerful that like that switch and then like acting as if like you're already confident, you already should be there. And then, you know, it is uncomfortable, but once you start to just kind of play that role, even how if it's so uncomfortable inside, eventually you get to the point where it's like, that's not even a thing anymore. And then it's breaking the next barrier. So I love that you're doing that. Okay. And I want you to tell us because you would tell people I'm a teacher, but you're not a teacher. You're, you maybe taught a subject a couple of times. So like, if I were to say, Hey, like, what do you do? Like what, um, like what fires you up? What makes you feel alive? What career are you in? What would you tell me now about what you're doing? Yeah. So I would say I'm a content creator. I run a platform called born to be adventurous and I do various, um, various collaborations with brands and tourism boards, but I also just, the platform really is exists to inspire families to get outside and adventure together. Um, and then I'm also uh, used to say of working on, but we actually launched Trail Collective, which is an app to help families find trails and help them explore an adventure together, whether it's a, you know, walk and wander or a more serious adventure, like a, I shouldn't say serious adventure, or whether it's a larger adventure, like a backcountry trip um, so to support them so really my goal is to help families continue adventuring after having kids or to learn how to adventure even if they have kids okay this is so amazing what you're doing um where are some of the coolest places that you've discovered or been to or um that found well I think I mean as a personal I mean this is not so we say with Trail Collective, especially like we don't, we don't like the word family friendly because family friendly means something different to so many different families. Like, you know, is it a trail that's one kilometer family friendly? Well, what about the West Coast Trail? I took my family on that. Is that family friendly? Um, so really, it's the idea of empowering families to know what their family can handle. And by giving them the information, they can now choose the adventures they want to go on. But so to your point of the, you know, some of the best places we've explored, well, the West Coast Trail is like an adventure in our family that we will absolutely never forget. It was incredible. It was so hard, but we all had such a good time. And I, I worry about saying that because it's not great for many people, especially little kids or people or families. So if you ever consider doing it, you really need to do probably like six months to a year of research um, before you tackle it. Um, But for our family, it was, yeah, an incredible experience where we just will never forget it. It's 
out of all the adventures I've done in my life, it's definitely up there as one of the best, maybe the best (laughs) we've ever done. Um, yeah, that one sounds so incredible. And I was shocked when I saw like, I guess some people, there's some people who are like in their seventies, eighties that do the trail. Some people like you that bring their kids and make it through. And my husband did this trail last year and he bought the book, the little handbook and researched and did all the things. And it was on his bucket list and he was going to go check it out before I go with him. And so it was where it rained. It was like the most rain they've ever got, whatever oh, that no. was. And uh, yeah, him and a couple other friends did the trail and it was, yeah, for one of them, like the hardest, he, he'll never, ever do it again. He never wants rain. He like, these are like grown men. My husband like loved it and he loved the challenge, but um then I was like, Oh my gosh, like she did that with her kids and these ladders. Like this is the one thing. Okay. I feel like I have a little anxiety of my little guy. Like we have like a trailer in our driveway and it's got a ladder to the roof of the trailer. And as he's climbing there and he's kind of clumsy, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? How did you get your kids up and down the ladders? Were you, um, like tied to them or connected to them or did they go behind them or did they just like do it? I don't know. Kids are pretty resilient and I think their little bodies just, I don't know, can handle some of the trails that as we get older, (laughs) maybe our our knees might give out, but they're just like, I don't know, energizer bunnies that can just do it. Yeah. We did consider bringing um, ropes. Some of the ladders are, especially the first one we went on. So we went from the hardest to the easiest sections, kind of from north, south to north. Um, and, but that first ladder is literally the first thing you do on the trail after you take the ferry. And it's completely vertical. And it's probably like three houses high. Like it's, it's crazy. And I was so stressed out about this ladder. <laughs> I was, because our kids, so how we prepared them is we did wear our packs and they had lighter packs, but still like had backpacks. Um, and we'd go up and down our ladder in our yard a little bit. And then our kids also climb. So they've done outdoor climbing. They've also done indoor climbing. So we take them there. And so honestly, like, and our youngest sometimes gets afraid of heights. And so I think, you know, as much as we think kids can do these things, it's like these ladders are really big and a lot of kids we might be too afraid to do them um, because they are really big. And so that first ladder, you know, every ladder we would go an adult behind the kids and we'd go up um, one at a time, kind of in those, that order. But that one was so stressful. It felt so long. I have to, you have to kind of go sideways because your packs are so big and you feel like it's going to pull you right off the ladder. And so once we finished that one, and then I watched my youngest and my husband come up, I was, my heart was beating because I was like, if we fall off this, like we're injured, like very injured. (laughs) So that, I mean, it probably seems like we're very irresponsible parents, but once they were up there, I was like, okay, we did the hardest ladder. We can do this. And so most of the time we did that near the end. I mean, we did 70 ladders and some are, you know, maybe only two rungs. So they're really small. Um, but there's some big ones, not as bad as that first one. Um, but you kind of get so used to it. And then eventually we just kind of, sometimes the kids would go down themselves and it didn't matter. Cause they were like, Oh, this one's only like as tall as a house. It's not that bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And how are your kids' personalities? Cause some people, um, like, do you think it's possible to hike with all kids, like kind of push them out of their comfort zone? Cause some kids maybe might be more open to it than others. Or did that ever come up with your kids and their personalities? I think you have to know your kids and know their ability levels. Like we've hiked a lot with them. We've done quite a few backcountry trips and we know kind of how we need to do with our kids. So I hike with our oldest um, usually in my husband hikes with our youngest, we both have bear spray because we often split up and then we'll take little points where we'll meet up um, because everybody also has their different hiking um, gait of how fast they can go. And so it's not, it's hard for our, you know, our oldest to slow down to stay with our youngest sometimes. Um, so we would go ahead um, and we end up like our youngest she said the West Coast Trail was the best obstacle course ever. And she had the best time. <laughs> Our oldest, I think she was a little bit older and kind of understood a little bit. I don't know. I feel like something happens to our brains where we start to kind of realize how challenging it is. You know what I mean? And so, but for her, like her quote, that just like made my heart melt was mom, thanks for believing in me that I could do this. Um, yeah. So that's, <laughs> Right. And so a lot of it was like, I would tell stories or talk with our oldest and my husband, I mean, he's so patient. He would play these games like all day. Like it'd be literally like seven hours of hiking and he'd be playing a game. And like one time I, it's hard on, it was hard. It's a hard trail for me. And like, and same with my husband, but he's like an ultra runner. So I think that really helped. Um, Sometimes I needed to hike away and then he'd be like playing the kids are on the bus and where's our bus going? Where are we taking our road trip? And oh, we're going to this amazing um, out of this world place or something. And so they make this whole thing and it lasts like an hour. So, so it's a lot of work to hike with kids. I mean, it's not like we're just hiking. It's like now you're hiking, playing games, singing songs, like motivating, helping them. It's, it's, it's extra. (laughs) Wow. And you just show that it is possible. So if anybody is listening and they want to go on these like more challenging grand hikes with their kids, like that is doable. And just the little adventures. I think sometimes often, um, we forget that even in our own backyard, like just, I don't even know in the last few years, I've really been intentional about like I love the mountains. I love the water. I love the forest. I love it all. And for, I don't know, years ago, I'd be like thinking that I'd have to like go away to do that. When I'm like, when you go to the edge of town, like go to the, where the last house is like the adventure is like right there, right in your backyard. Like there's more available than we realize. And even sometimes in the city I live, um, in a subdivision and a few blocks over, there's this beautiful, like kind of like little prairie-ish that's undeveloped that goes around like a pond and then back into a field. And it's like some of those little adventures with my little guy where we, you know, just stroll through, um, look for fish. My hubby always looks for the fish in the pond and, uh, we see some horses take off our shoes and just like go with our bare feet. Some of those little adventures too. Like, I like how you say it's not like it's big or small. Cause those ones are just as memorable too. I think. Totally. Totally. And that's like a lot of, I mean, even when we think about what we did 
to train for the West Coast Trail was like, we would go for walks just outside around our neighborhood and have like a lot of fun or we'd go biking or we'd go to, you know, our local hill. There's not a lot of hills in Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> and we'd go up and down that hill and sometimes the kids would do two and then go play and I'd do a couple more. Um, but we have so much fun, like even just going, just, you know, we have this, a little lake kind of where we are in our, in our city and we'll go kind of off the main path and then down onto the single track path. And the kids just like rip around and they're like, I'm trail running and just have so much fun. And then they stop for like 20 minutes at the lake. Excuse me. I got to, excuse me. I have to sneeze there. But yeah, just those, those moments. I mean, that's really what we do most of the time. I think people think we do all these grand adventures or we do all this. We push our kids a lot. And I, I really would like to stress that like, what we did with our kids often were like little one to two kilometer trails or going and exploring. We would train at the playground or just have fun at the playground and the kids would do monkey bars like and they having so much fun and they're building up like they can do the monkey bars like crazy. They're so good at them and they have so much fun. And I think the reality is you don't need to do all those things to be active, have fun together as a family. Mm, I love that. Um so you, last time we talked or we mentioned you were in Vancouver, how did you get from Vancouver to Regina? Yeah. So my husband, it is, it's a lot of it has to do with his school. So his PhD he did in Vancouver, and then we actually moved to Calgary, Alberta, and that's where he did his postdoc. And my parents live in Calgary. So that was actually really nice time. He lived there for almost three years and it's like, you know, they aren't able to help all the time, but even just, you know, I'll just stop by them and have a coffee with the kids was amazing. Like, I just can't stress how much living my family is so nice when you have kids. And so that was the only time that we have. Um, and it's, I just hope we can do it again someday, um, wherever that is. Um, but yeah, so in Calgary, that's where he did his postdoc. And then that's actually where I started the platform Born to be Adventurous. So I started that platform um, and it grew to have, you know, we have five different groups, Facebook groups that were actually built around supporting and encouraging moms to go out and adventure without their kids and with their kids. So to just kind of say it's okay to do both um, and it's good to take that time for yourself. Um, so those kind of grew. So there's now five across Western Canada. Um, and I actually wrote a hiking guidebook there. So with hikes for families, um, and the hikes are a guy, it's called Hikes for Families, a guide to the Canadian Rockies with hikes around Canmore, Banff, Kananaskis, and Calgary area. Um, so we lived there. And then I, you know, actually did start to part-time teach again. I said, okay, I'm gonna part-time teach and I'm gonna do the platform born to be adventurous. That'll be a really nice mix for me. And then right after I started, it takes a lot of effort to get all your certification from province to province. And then I finally got it together and I was going to sub, I got a part-time job instead. And then all of a sudden my husband's like, I got offered a job in Regina, Saskatchewan. Can we move it? And I was like, no, <laughs> we're not moving. Um, anyways, but then we moved <laughs> and now we're in Regina, Saskatchewan. We're really thankful. I mean, just to have a good job in this economy and everything. But when we moved from Calgary to Saskatchewan, we actually took three months and we lived in our VW Eurovan and traveled Canada and the USA. And that was a, such a special time for us. We, I could do that forever. <laughs> I think. Wow. Um, 
but yeah, so now we're in Regina, Saskatchewan, and that's been really great to explore this province. I actually grew up in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, so I lived there for 18 years. So to be back in my home province, to be able to explore unique places that a lot of people in Canada don't know about, even a lot of people in Saskatchewan don't know about, and to be able to share those spots and say, yeah, this place exists here, even though you had no idea that it did. Um, and when you explore those places, you know, versus being somewhere like that, that is so you know, has so many tourists, you go to a place and you're like, wow, I can hear the birds. I'm the only person around. And wow, there's like little baby bears running up a tree and they're, you know, scared of you still because nobody's around here. So you can at least get, a, you know, the, the bears are, the bears are still afraid because they don't know who what humans are. Oh my gosh. I love that. So do you plan to stay in Saskatchewan or are you open to moving elsewhere in Canada or the States or? Um, I don't think we'd ever go to the States or to Eastern Canada. Um, we'd be open to moving, but right now we're really settled where we are. I can't, it's like the first time. So every other place we've lived, I've known that we're going to have to move. This is the first time where I'm, you know, we're, we'll probably be here at least five years, 10 years. I don't know. We could be here forever. Um, I have no idea. We're just, it's nice to actually build some roots and make friends that, you know, you might know for a long, long time. So, so that's been really good. So do you have any other families that you go with, or is it kind of harder to coordinate, um, like hiking with multiple families? Yeah, I, so I used to in Calgary have some really close friends and we would go often together. Um, and then sometimes with the groups too. Now I, I have it as much. And I think it's our family, the stuff that we like to do and like to go do. Um, sometimes with especially big adventures like the West Coast Trail or, you know, doing harder, I really just have to focus on my kids when we do those. And so it can be sometimes hard to bring up other people along because you just that's just where the focus needs to be um so we haven't done a ton with other people but we do actually haven't thinking lately like this summer um about running some meetups even just in Saskatchewan just to get some people together to hike with their kids on some of the easier trails would be really fun and I think my kids would like it I've been really busy with work lately and so a lot of my meetup times I think in the last years has gone down because I don't have as much time as I used to when I wasn't working. Okay. So let's talk about that. You just recently launched this app and it is for families who want to find all of the information, right? About where they can hike, what they need to know so they can be prepared and know what's available. Is that kind of what yeah. this app is? Exactly. So even so a couple of things that really sets us apart, we have a larger rating system. So we have easiest, easy, moderate, hard and hardest hikes so that you can kind of gauge. I mean, you'll have to still do a few to kind of feel where you fit within that range. But at least you can know that the easiest hikes are not going to be five kilometers ever. You know, so you know that those are the you know nice toddler led hikes or often a great stroll. Um, we also have um, the little adventures that kids love. We really like to tell people if there's like a creek where maybe you can 
play in the water or throw rocks in, um, or if there's bridges on the trail or interpretive signs, because often people, you know, kids like those kind of things, or even just to count the interpretive signs. I mean, you don't know this stuff until you have kids, but the things you can motivate them in. There's this one trail, I think we use these trail markers that were like red and we're like, find the next red trail marker. <laughs> and it was like this game and really fun and motivated them. Um, even things like, is it stroller friendly, but not just stroller accessible. It's like, is it all terrain stroller or city stroller? Because that can make a difference of what you can bring. And I know as a parent, I like to know that kind of stuff. If there's washrooms on site, is there a playground nearby? Those kind of things. And then with safety information, we want families to know if there's cliffs, if it's steep, um, if it's in an avalanche zone, we're doing our best. Um, always, you know, you got to take care of your own safety because conditions can change. So, you know, as much as we do our best, you still need to know it's not a safety app, but we are trying to kind of let parents know because, for example, when I would take my two kids under two, sometimes I wanted to take them on a trail where I didn't have to worry about anything. Like I just wanted them to be able to run and I could watch them, but not worry about them. And so I wouldn't walk cliffs on the trail. And so you can actually double click on a filter to avoid having something on a trail while you're looking. Um, so that's kind of, you know, one area that we really wanted to focus on. Um, and then, yeah, as we grow the platform and as we build more of the features, we're excited to share kind of what we'll be adding in as we go. That'll be specific more to families to help them get outside and really be able to find the trails that they want to explore. That is incredible. Like opens up so much to, I know people like people are busy. Parents are busy. Like it's nice to have like a one-stop shop where you can just get the information and have it all available to you. Cause yeah, I never even realized that, but I guess that's something as in hiking where, yeah, if I take my little guy and I haven't been on the trail before and there's like, sometimes the cliffs just all of a sudden come out of nowhere and you're like, oh my gosh, or where you know that they can just run and play. And I like all of that, the little games and stuff that you bring into it. Cause I found even my son, as we go for walks, it's like bringing like a, a water bottle and being like, let's go find, go on a bug hunt and find bugs or, um, that's a great one <laughs> yeah to, to get him out of the house I'm like what can we do like you know bring the soccer ball bring we've brought uh bottles with food coloring in the winter to spray the snow like any little thing that I can do to make it like more fun because it was so much easier when he was little I loved I had a stroller Bob Bobby we call him you know the Bob <laughs> stroller I'm like that was the best investment ever made and Bobby would come up like Mount Robson, Bobby, I would throw him in the stroller and I would just go and go and go and go. And it didn't matter. It like, I, I loved early morning, 6am, 7am, go in the stroller, I'm moving. And then as he got older, I mean, he was in Bobby until he was six. And I actually went um, to a local park, like downtown Muscassipi park. And this woman who I knew, she was like, oh my gosh, you have, you have another one, a second. Um, and I'm like, what? Like kind of confused. I'm like, oh no, no, no. Like this stroller, like my six-year-old is in it because it allows me to like get out and move fast. Um, yeah. and obviously he'd like, we'd go adventuring where he would walk and bike and stuff, but it was just nice to have that. But now that he's older, Bobby's gone. And it's like, how can I motivate him to like get outside? 
play the games, have some fun. So I love that you add the creek or the little interpretive signs or the little red lead poles to count because that stuff definitely, I feel like you kind of have to make it um, fun, like you said, for your kids. Otherwise, it's just kind of like dragging them the whole way, right? Even yeah, though sometimes totally. it, it might it might be that way sometimes, <laughs> hauling them the whole way. But when you have um, that information and you kind of know what's available, that definitely would help to, I don't know, along the way, along the hikes. Totally. And it's nice, like, I don't know, for me, I like to know what to expect when I go. And when we did the West Coast Trail, I didn't feel comfortable until I had met another dad who had done the trail with his seven and 10 year old. And I was able to talk to him or like I was in Whistler at this playground and we were going to do a trail called Joffrey Lakes. It was going to be like a hard trail for us. But another mom I talked to, she was pushing her three-year-old and she said, oh, like it's, a, you know, my three-year-old hikes a lot, but you know, she made it to the second lake and we kind of helped her to the third and then she hiked all the way down. And then the next day, our three-year-old hiked it. And I would never have thought to have her hike that trail without being inspired by this mother at this playground. And I think that's, you know, that other layer of like, oh, my, my kids can do this. You know, I heard from some dads the other day and they had taken their kids on a 1.5 kilometer trail and they said, I didn't know this was even possible, you know, and they're, they're thrilled and so pumped to now be able to go, you know, to do this and to have an activity to connect with your kids. Um, I've just seen lives, this sounds so, you know, crazy, but it's like, I've seen lives change because parents realize that they can do a hike with their kids and it doesn't have to be big. It can be one kilometer and they are more active. They are happier. They are starting to enjoy their kids. Um, I think that's just the power of the outdoors and the power of hiking. Um, whether you call the little wanders hiking or not um, is up for debate for some people, but it's not with trail collectives. Like we call those hikes. You go and you go for 0.200 meters or 200 meters, you know, that's your hike, you know, just getting out. And there's power in that and being outside too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love how you kind of brought it brought it there. I feel like that's the perfect place to kind of end is this connection piece with our kids, right? There's something about the outdoors. I believe this. It's just like lights you up, makes you feel alive. That just makes you feel so connected. There's something about it. It's hard to even like put words to it about the outdoors. And then when you get to experience the outdoors with your family, um, and just, I don't know, just thinking back to like the memories of the connections or little conversations or little moments along the way that you both, you know, everybody will walk away with is, yeah, I love how you're opening that up. Like you said, because if you haven't seen someone else do it or know about it or have a lot of, um, knowledge in that area, then maybe you might limit yourself. So that is so incredible that this app is going to give people access to the great outdoors and give them everything they need, all the information that they need. So that maybe they never thought they could, but they can get out and explore and maybe for themselves too feel more connected and alive because that might be something that's missing just for them, for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely, that's, yeah. I mean, that 
is a teacher was my goal was just to, you know, connect kids with activity and often the outdoors. But now even more so with trail collective and that ability to really connect families. Uh, yeah, it, it's like what you said, it's really hard to put into words. And I, I have a hard time explaining it until someone does it a few times. And then they come back and tell me, wow, like, I am connecting with my family and I am feeling really good. And I'm even now feeling more active myself and better about myself. Um, and there's just this incredible power that can happen. Um, and it, and like I said, it does not have to be a big adventure in like 10 kilometers. It can be a smaller adventure that is literally a kilometer. <laughs> and there's power in that and how it can kind of bring a family together. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to go get this app because my family, yeah, we love to get out. Um, and I'm going to have to share this with everybody because I know so many people who are love the outdoors, love the adventure and want to find some new places to go explore. So lastly, where can everybody find you, follow you? Where can they find the app? Where can they find the book? Yeah. So Trail Collective, you can find on Google Play or the Apple Store. It's Trail Collective without an E though. So make sure not to have the E. <laughs> um, you can find uh, that. We're also on social at Trail Collective. You can find myself at Born to be Adventurous on Instagram and Facebook. And then I also have a website called borntobeadventurous.com with lots of tips on there for families to get outside and adventure as well. Yay. Okay. So make sure you go follow, follow Annika and, uh, get inspired and, um, maybe grow the confidence within you to be able to do the things and go on all these incredible adventures with your family, because it will change the journey. It will definitely change the way that you connect to yourself and with your family. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're such an inspiration. And I cannot wait to find out, um, to get all of the information in one place so that we can plan some more little adventures for my little family too. Thank you so much for having me, Candice. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.